0: All right. Welcome to the Stress and Worry Breakout. Yay. Bummed you're here for you, but pretty excited for you to hear the content. Also, uh, Rob, false advertising. This is not about having two wives. This is about stress and worries. I don't know. I have no idea where he got that, but uh, we're really excited for you guys to be here. I think in particular, because we realize that stress and worry are two really common experiences for all of us. And so In part, I'm a little bit bummed you're here because obviously this is something that you're struggling with, but I'm also really excited because in this breakout, our hope is to give you a lens by which you can help understand yourself, why you as a person are often stressed and worried, and then maybe some practical tips as well, but also give you a little bit of a cultural insight on why living in 2024 is stressful as crap, okay? That's one of our subtitles of this breakout. Before we get into it, I just want to share a little bit of my experience with stress and worry and give you guys a little bit of a personal lens on what that's been like for me. So as I think about my life, stress and worry have been two huge components of my life. I think even just throughout most of my life, I had incredible social anxiety. So I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. I know that sounds hilarious as the person who yells on stage. But in person, I've had a ton of str- social anxiety my entire life, just nervous, stress and worried with how people would think about me, what they would think of me. And we grew up in a really stressful situation. So we grew up in poverty. We didn't know where the next meal was going to come from or whether or not we'd be able to pay the next month's rent. And so combined with my own personal insecurities and struggles, we grew up in a lot of instability. And so when you combine those two things, stress and worry have been a huge part of my life and it kind of culminated in college. So right in the life stage that you guys are in right now, where I was just so overwhelmed all the time, I knew something had to change in my life. I knew that I actually had to bring this to Jesus and ask Jesus, what do I need in order to get to a place of peace within my soul and my mind and in a healthier place? So honestly, guys, we're going to talk about stress and worry this breakout. We're not experts, okay? We don't like know how to not be stressed and worried. In fact, I was a little stressed and worried about this breakout. So the (laughs) irony, holy cow. But honestly, our hope is just to share a little bit of what we think would be really helpful for you. And then pray for you, that God would actually walk with you in this process of stress and worry. So, KV, how about your experience?
1: Yeah, the reality is stress is unavoidable. So if you came into this breakout session thinking like, I mean, hopefully no one actually legitimately thought this, but like, oh, maybe I'm going to figure out how not to be stressed out. Um, The reality is that, you cannot control that, and that's something for me, specifically in my story, is I worked really hard, um, and I still struggle with this, to control um, my circumstances, especially my emotions with how I respond uh, to worry and stress. Oftentimes, I would just want to like control what was happening, and I couldn't always control it, obviously, and so that would leave me actually really angry and uptight, because I wasn't actually acknowledging that I needed Jesus in the things that were stressful and hard. The other piece for me specifically that I've learned is like, I have to, you have to figure out how to deal with your stress and worry in the small ways. So when the big stresses and worries of your life come barreling down, you will be ready how to, on how to handle them. And so, um, In 2021, my son was born uh, 17 weeks early, and he spent 182 days um, in a neonatal intensive care unit. And I watched him fight for his life um, for about three months in really significant and extremely scary ways. And there was absolutely no way that I could control that situation. I'm not a doctor, and I'm certainly not God who enables 23-week one pound, four ounce babies to survive and praise God, he did survive and he's doing awesome. He's two, he's amazing. But the reality is if I tried to control that situation, my emotions, that would just would have left me to be just this uptight ball of stress and anger if I tried to control that. And so I am so thankful that in faithfully following Jesus, that he allowed me to deal with the stress and the worry of every single day in the small ways to so that I was ready to deal with it in the more significant ways when God put me through such a serious and intense moment of suffering. And so our prayer for you guys in this is that um, you would take really practical steps to deal with your stress and worry. We're not going to help solve the world's problems. There are a lot of people who have a lot of good things, maybe some bad things to say particular about this topic, but we just want to help to shepherd you to know how to deal with it in a way that honors Jesus, in a way, honestly, that will sustain you for your lifetime. And so that's been our prayer. And so let's just like take a second... Be like, big deep breath, everyone. Thank you. Let's not be stressed about our stress and worried before we get started. So you guys, Tony, why don't you tell us where we're gonna go in the next thirty or so minutes?
0: Yeah, that's great. So the first place we're going to go is we're going to go State of the Union. That's right. If you're a note taker, you can write that down. State of the Union, subtitle, Why Living in 2024, Stressful as Crap. Okay? It's just true. Why is it? Why is our culture so stressful? Holy cow, we should talk about that. The second thing we're going to talk about is the state of our souls. Why is it that as human beings, all of us have a propensity towards stress and worry? And the last thing we're going to talk about is steps to take to practically fight stress and worry. And even before we jump into the State of the Union part, I just want to echo something Courtney said. Guys, stress and worry take away from our quality of life in a real way. And we want to just address that you're in this breakout, not just to learn a couple cool fun facts, but because you're actually suffering and hurting and you're in need of healing. We can't give you that, but Jesus can. And our hope is that this breakout will help you point towards Jesus, that you will actually run to him, not just you know, in this breakout, but for the rest of your lives, but that this would be a great indicator towards him. So Courtney, how about we start with the state of the union?
1: Yes. Okay. So you guys, the reason why we want to talk about the state of the union or what is currently happening inside of our culture is sometimes there's a pressure that we think all of our worry and our stress is internalized only just in us. And we believe actually that your stress and worry is not just an individual problem, but it's a cultural and a societal problem. And so when we start to get a lens or a view into what's going on and we start to understand the water that we're all swimming in, that helps us to be aware of what's going on. I'm sure all of you have at one point been like, I feel super stressed, but I have no idea why. And, or like watching something on TV or, um, hearing about something that's going on in another person's life. Like that, all of a sudden I'm like stressed and worried about that. I don't understand why. Cause that's like not directly affecting me. And so The reality is, is there's been shifts in culture, like there always are, that add to your stress and worry. And so we want to talk specifically about those things because we want you to see the things in in this world that are intentionally and and unintentionally negatively affecting you. So you have to have an awareness to what's going on so that you know how to respond. The other piece of that is um, culture is also, it's teaching you and telling you things um, about how to deal with your worry and stress that are unhelpful. And we truly believe, yes, there are a lot of good steps with how you can deal with your stress and worry um, that are outside of Jesus, but we believe that the only way to truly gain peace is through Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And so if you just go with the way of culture and you understand what's happening in culture, you're not gonna truly feel that soul level sense of stability that only Jesus Christ can provide for you. Um, The second thing I'll say is, I am not an anthropologist. I studied communications and human resources. So that is like, and then I got into ministry. So, you know, I've been doing a ton of work. Um, so studying anthropology, but the reality is I just want to give you what Tony and I have seen, what I've personally experienced, what I've read. Um, I just want to give you a cultural lens of what's going on right now. There is absolutely more that could be said about all of these topics. There are other things that could be included in these topics. Topics, but we're gonna, I'm just gonna give you a flyover. Now, before I get started, this is a little depressing. And so I just want to acknowledge that there are really there are with the shifts in culture, there are some good things, but there's also the reality is these are really heavy things. And so I'm gonna take us to a little bit of a dark place right now, but we'll get to the light, so don't worry, hold stick with it. So I'm going to give you a few things. Some of these things you're going to be like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I totally understand that. I, I agree. The first thing is the usage of cell phones and social media. All of you guys have grown up with the accessibility to a, a cell phone in your pockets. You are influenced by social media, by the internet in ways that is new to this generation. And we're still learning how to handle the effects of Technology and all the information in the entire world that is both false and true that sits inside of your pockets. And the reality is this is not something that is debated. This is what's true. Um, it creates um, an increased level of anxiety. Phones create difficulty in sleeping. People oftentimes feel more isolated and depressed with a phone or something that is supposed to be meant to connect with others. And so this social media phone, there's great things about it, but there's also a reality is this has effects on you that you may not be totally aware of. So that cultural shift is important to remember. The second thing, Surprise. We just went through an unprecedented global pandemic. Really? What happened? Where were you? Um, The reality is that that doesn't happen all of the time, praise God. But because of the COVID 19 virus, there has been an increased level of anxiety in college students, according to the College Health Association. College students now, today, post uh, pandemic, feel 71% more stressed out, either because of COVID or the after effects of COVID. I don't need to tell you what those are because you've lived them and you experienced them. And so that heightened aware of intensity that we feel after something so tragic still is permeating our waters. Um, The third thing is, uh, of course, ideological and political polarization. So I don't need to convince anyone inside of this room that we do not do a good job as a culture of meeting in the middle and trying to understand one another. Praise God for the sermon that Rob just preached, that it is our job to care for one another, to connect with one another, to be united by Christ, that the dividing wall is gone. But that's not true inside of our culture. And so there is no longer a pull to like understand my neighbor or to love my brother. That's not a cultural thing. It's like either you sit here, And believe this, and I love you because we're on the same side. Or you're on the other side of me, and you are an enemy to me. And that is what culture is telling us right now. And that is stressful. Um, The next is a rise in the mental health crisis. You guys... I'm heartbroken over this. We're all heartbroken over this. And there's lots of things that could be understood about why this is happening. I'm not going to get into that today, but I want to just um, help you to understand if you're someone in particular who struggles with mental health or... Um, You know people who struggle with mental health. You all do because this is a real problem that exists on our college campuses. And there's a normalcy that exists that we're all kind of struggling with some level of mental health. So I'm going to read you some statistics that are so sad. So just bear with me as I just want to help you to understand that either you are not alone in this problem or that this problem is permeating your campuses in such intense ways that there has to be some sort of resolve to this. So this is all according to the um, the American College Health um, Association. So it says 90% of college students have academic stress that causes mental health problems. I don't think I need to explain that number to you. 77% of college students experience moderate to severe psychological distress. That's not just outside of um, this room. That's inside of what's going on in this place. 54% of college students report that they are lonely. 28% of college students are not only lonely, but they feel completely isolated from one another. That is almost a third of our college students Campuses feel isolated from other people. Twenty-nine percent of college students have reported that they've had suicide ideation in the last year, and fifty-one percent of college students said that their mental health has worsened since they've got to gotten into college. You, what do we do with that? How how do we solve that? I don't have an answer for that outside of Jesus and and other. Th- goodness of his grace that he allows us to have resources and ways to help with a mental health crisis. But the reality is that permeates our culture so much and lays a heaviness on us that is so real. And so I'm heartbroken over that. I I know all of you feel the same way. And so would we just acknowledge God, we need something, whatever's happening right now is not working. We need something. And we know the answer to that is that we need Jesus to come back. Um, and then the, the last one, this is the one that maybe would be new to you or, or more difficult for you under, to understand, or, or is maybe not so obvious inside of, co- um, culture right now is that there is, um, an increased level of societal anxiety that exists related to the distrust in institutions. I'm going to say that one more time. There is a rise in societal anxiety due to the distrust in institutions. So when I say institutions, what do I mean by that? Family, church, school, the government. Those are institutions inside of our society that are meant to provide us with stability, with authority, with support that helps our culture to function uh, properly and you guys, there. I'm going to pause and say there are absolutely things that are wrong with the institution. All those things that I listed, there are problems that exist inside of those that are real and that we should be critical of institutions when they are doing things that are Unhelpful, unkind, unfair. Um, but the reality is, if we start to think as a person, I can't trust authority in my life. So all of those things are meant to be authoritative. So parents, schools, governments—all of those things are meant to be the authority in your life. And when you say, "I cannot totally," I cannot trust authority. What you end up doing is that you insert yourself. As the authority. So let me give a really practical example. I have a four-year-old, his name is Jack. He sometimes gets worried about getting to me coming and picking up him up from school. I have never forgot him from school. He's never been left there. He goes to preschool five days a week for like three hours. And he's like, Are you gonna pick me up today? I'm like, Yeah, buddy. He's like, You sure? I'm like, I am sure. So if Jack, my four-year-old, cannot trust me as the authority in his life, here's what happens. He's a four-year-old at school trying to figure out how am I going to get transportation from the school that I attend to my house how do I know how to drive a car? Where would I even get a car? Would I get in trouble for having a car? And all of a sudden, he has taken the authority of a, of a mom who has her driver's license, whose job is to care for him, and I, it is my job to care for him, but when he decides to not trust the authority in his life, he takes that upon himself and carries that. So absolutely, I can, we cannot solve the problems of the decline in distrust and institutions, but we have to acknowledge that, especially inside of the family structure, especially inside of church, we need to fight for unity and to understand one another and to also say, I cannot be all things to all people. So you cannot at the same time be a mother, a police officer a politician. I mean, maybe you could be all those things. That'd be incredible. Um, You cannot do all of the things for society that you need because we can't be all things to all people. And so we have to learn that yes, all of these things are not God. So they're not perfect. They absolutely have mistakes. We should acknowledge those as a society and try to fix them. But when you feel the pressure to try to solve all of those things, that's when that societal anxiety, that personal anxiety comes into you and you're like, how do I be all things to all people? The reality is you cannot. And so you have to take steps to figure out what are the authorities in my life that I can trust and submit to so that I'm not feeling this overwhelming sense um, of stress and, and pressure. So those were the things I said. So I said, social media and phones. I said the rise or the political and ideological polarization. I said the rise in mental health and then finally, which I think I actually said one more Tony, unprecedented global pandemic. I forgot that one. And um and then finally the rise in societal anxiety based on um distrust in institutions. So, as a culture, how are we responding to all of those? Um, problems that exist. So all of you acknowledge those are real things that are happening inside of our culture that we're either seeing, experiencing, or we're embodying that are real. Um, so there are two new cultural ideologies, uh, that people who are much smarter than me have observed inside of culture that I think are really helpful for us to understand. So when we have stress, worry, all of those things that I listed, there are these two new ideological ideas that will help us to, um, navigate those. And this is the things that culture is telling us. Like, this is the way to, to get through that worry, stress, all those things I listed, So little crowd participation. Um, Finish this statement. What doesn't kill you makes you... Yes. However, culture today is actually telling you what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. So there is a new cultural shift that is happening where culture is telling you that you should absolutely avoid the difficulties of life. And so there is a, a really um, elevated importance of physical and emotional safety, which obviously we want you guys to be physically and emotionally safe. But the reality is when we have an overemphasis, especially on emotional safety, what we do is we isolate ourselves from the difficult problems. So if it's like, Oh, I, I, I don't want to do that particular thing because I think that would be too difficult for me and I couldn't handle it. And so instead of Putting ourselves into difficult circumstances and situations that we should condition ourselves to learn how to deal with, we're actually making ourselves more fragile. So when we say, Oh, I'm not willing to do the difficult thing, you're not learning how to deal with difficulties the reality is difficulties exist. You cannot avoid every situation. You will not always be emotionally safe. So if you do not put yourself in difficult situations and learn how to respond and handle those things, when those things come your way, you won't know what to do. And that is the reality of our culture right now is that we have this serious avoidance of hardship. And so that we can be safe, but we're actually becoming more fragile. Now I'm not saying the application is not like go do hard things and you'll be a better person. I'm not saying that, but we have to be aware that like sometimes putting us ourselves in hard, difficult um, circumstances is actually for our good. Okay. The second thing, another crowd participation, um, cause we're, this is going long. Um, so answer this question, true or false. You should always trust your feelings. False. Wow. Culture is actually telling you true. So good. You're, You're not totally buying into all the cultural ideologies, but the reality is now there's such an emphasis, like you should trust what you feel. And so kind of going back to some of those lack of trust of institutions, what we're doing is you cannot trust other people. You cannot trust systems, you cannot trust structures. Can you trust the person next to you? Are they your enemy? We're not connected as people, we're more individualistic. And so now we've said oh, the only way that I can actually navigate my life right now is through my feelings and emotions. So I need to set aside what is maybe logical or true. And and you guys hear this all the time like, well your truth is your truth. Well, there has to be some sort of truth. I mean, truth exists to some degree, and so if we don't acknowledge that truth exists and there are logical ways that we should navigate our life, we're going to put ourselves in a place of danger if we only trust our feelings and emotions. So, psychologists today are talking that there's a hev- uh, an elevated level of people um, who are have what's called distorted thinking and when i say there's an elevated level of distorted thinking i think that everyone has distorted thinking but that problem has ar- has arisen you know just a ton more recently here's what i mean by distorted thinking so if you only trust your emotions what you're doing is you're putting all of all your next decision how you interpret people how you interpret col- or other culture to yourself. And so here's what I mean by distorted thing or er, thinking you can answer in your own head. Have I ever thought something like this? So you focus on the worst outcomes possible. You are assumed that you know what people are feeling and thinking. You negatively label yourself and others. You think that positive things are trivial and they're not actually going to sustain you or make you happy. You blame others and you don't take responsibility for your actions or responses. So at least... I have done all of those things, and so the reality is that we acknowledge that sometimes we have distorted feelings and, and emotions, and so we can't always trust what's going on in our minds, because if that's the view of uh, the lens that we saw, the world saw ourselves or saw others, that would be so dangerous, because we cannot always trust what we are thinking or, and feeling, because sometimes we're off. The reality is that this is a broken world. Icky said it yesterday. We are born sinful people who are broken and in need of Jesus. And so when we only stay inside of our heads and we only trust the emotions that we're feeling, the reality is of that is that we can be totally skewed from what is real. And that can be actually so harmful and damaging to us as a culture. So those two cultural ideologies that are happening, permeating right now in culture. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Always trust your feelings. So those are the two things. We just want to help you to see that that is what's permeating our culture. And I think the reality is that those statistics and those cultural shifts are a lot. It's a lot to take in. And you're like, great, how are we going to solve the effects of a global pandemic? I have no idea as a culture in a a society, but we have to be aware that those things are affecting us because if we don't, um, if we don't have that awareness, we internalize all of that stress as individuals and we need to have a cultural view to say, there's not just, a problem that's existing inside of me. There's a problem that exists everywhere, and I need to be a part of fighting against those issues and seeing through a lens that's not just culture, uh, but Jesus.
0: Can we give it up for KV? That was great. (laughs) Holy cow, that was like three years of anthropology for you, so (laughs) just chew on that for the next couple decades. Okay, so that's what KV was talking about, the state of the union. So let me give you an illustration on why we're talking about these things if you've ever experienced life as if you're drowning in an ocean, okay, which I think is a lived experience of apparently, like, all college students, so that's, like, 90% of people... Part of what KV just did right there is describe to you why the ocean waters are so choppy, okay? So part of the reason why it's so hard to swim in the ocean is because you're, like, flailing around in the ocean, you know, and it's, like, tossing you around. You need to know that. You need to understand the difficulty of the ocean you swim in, and you also need to understand why your lungs don't work that well, which is my job, okay? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit, really briefly, about why your body or your life is you know, prone to stress and worry, and then we're going to talk about, you know, the tips that can help you swim better, okay? So my part is state of our souls, okay? Why, as human beings, we tend to be so worried and stressed? Two really quick, simple things, and then we're going to move on to the swimming part. First thing is, it's inherent to who we are. We're worried and stressed because it's inherent to who we are, and second is we're worried and stressed because we're out of alignment with God, okay? Inherent to who we are out of alignment with God. To do these things, we're going to go back all the way to Genesis chapter three, <laughs> the most rosy chapter in all of the Bible, where Adam and Eve fall, okay? So before Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve are in cahoots with God, okay? They're in the garden. They're hanging out with God all the time. It's incredible. Guess what you don't have to worry about in the garden? Rent next month. Boom, awesome. You have a place to stay. Guess what you don't have to worry about? Alignment with God. Holy cow, that's amazing, right? So in Genesis one and two, Adam and Eve's experience is outlined by security and stability, okay? Genesis three, it's what begins all of humans' histories, insecurity and instability. Because of the fall, you don't know who you are. You're insecure in your identity, so every single test that comes up, you're freaking out. Because you're like, if I get a C on this test, it means I suck as a human being. That was not a problem in the garden. There's an instability in your life, where like what happened with Courtney, your kid can be born like 17 weeks early. You could get incredibly sick. Depression can hit out of nowhere. Seasonal depression will hit. There's an instability in your life. So it's inherent to who we are as fallen human beings that insecurity and instability is our experience. Second reality because of the fall, we're out of alignment with God. Here's why that matters. Sin is missing the mark of God's design for your life. But something I tell our students all the time is you do sin and then sin does you. Okay, You live out your sin, and then your sin wrecks your life because you are out of alignment with God's design, purpose, and will for your life. Here's the reality. Your school could be going great. You could be dating that super hot kid that you wanted to date forever. Okay, you could Your life's up and to the right, and yet you could be stressed out of your mind. How? Because you actually might be living in a certain pattern of sin that is outside of God's design for your life. So here's something we're going to tell you guys that culture will not tell you. Not all of your stress is because you're sinning. Some of your stress could be. Does that make sense? Not all of your stress. The ocean is hard. I'm saying, man, swimming in this ocean sucks, okay? It is a horrible ocean to swim in. But some of your stress is because you are living outside of God's vision for your life. So not only is the ocean a challenging ocean to swim in, but we also have bad lungs, okay? We are imperfect, broken people that have fallen nature. So it's who we are. And sometimes it's because of outlo- uh, we're outside of our alignment. So that's what we just talked about. State of the union. Why living in stre- 2024 is stressful as crap. State of our souls. Why we as people are indexed towards stress and worry. But now, KV, we got the good part. Let's teach people how to swim. Yes. Okay, so if our lungs suck and the ocean is hard, how do we swim? What are five steps we can take to manage stress and worry?
1: Yeah. So right now, culture, I I told you the two ideological, uh, kind of vantage points that the culture is taking right now, outside of that culture is going to tell you to take breaks from screens, eat healthy, exercise, sleep, talk with others, do activities that you, um, enjoy. All of those things are great. And you should do all of those things. We don't disagree with that. We think those are really helpful and healthy ways for you to cope and manage worry and stress in your life. So do those things, please. That's great. But we want to g- talk to you specifically about how we as followers of Jesus can more uniquely follow the peace that Jesus gives to us. And so the first is that we have to check our alignment. So you guys, stress is can sometimes be an indicator that we're sinning in our lives. And so the reality is if you're you are sinning, so when I talked about how I still and had such a problem with, um, control. I would get really angry when I was stressed out. And so to me, that's check alignment. Why am I being angry in a way that's not righteous anger? It's just a response to my circumstances. How can I actually just acknowledge, Hey, this anger inside of me is actually sin against God that I'm, there's a deep rooted issue that I think that I can control my situations and what Jesus has for me isn't better, but my plan for my life is actually better. And so you have to check alignment by actually just acknowledging that you're sinning and say, God, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I need your grace again to help me to deal with this particular sin that's causing me all of this stress and anger. And remind yourself of grace to say like, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. And that covers the sins that I'm experiencing when I am stressed and angered and and angry. And then finally bring community into your um, stress and worry and the sin that you experience from it. And so, you guys, when we confess our sins to one another, we acknowledge first that we are sinners and in need of the saving grace of Jesus. We acknowledge the goodness of who Jesus is. And we have this accountability with one another to say, Tony, I suck so much in this area. Would you pray with me? Would you help to hold me accountable so that I'm not, um, sinning in this way? You guys, we get when we are just inside of our heads, that's dangerous. We need to step outside of that, bring community into it. So check alignment, confess your sin. So check alignment, sub points, Confess your sin, remind yourself of grace, and bring people into the struggle of your sin. And then the second thing, the way that we want you to cope um, with your stress and worry is to pursue gratitude. You guys, the greatest antidote of stress and worry is gratitude, is thankfulness. So in Philippians 4, a six through seven, it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. So you guys, we have to be thankful. So even in like the moments that were so stressed, like, Try to do, try to shift your mind to say, God, here's what I'm thankful for. Here are the things that I know like that are existing in my current circumstances that are stressing me out. But would I turn my eyes, not to just the hardest and the worst things that are going on, but what I be thankful for the things that are true about you and the things that have made you have made true about me. And so please see it as number two, step two, you want to pursue gratitude, Number three, the third step and how you um, fight stress and worry is that you need to hear from God, hear from God. So you guys, oftentimes we struggle to understand what we should do next. And so we have this internal, all of us all the time, even right now you're having it. You have this internal dialogue that's existing inside of your brain we have to train ourselves to actually know what is from God and what is from our sinful and normal flesh. And so the best way to hear from God is to read your Bible. Okay. I, when I was first reading my Bible seriously, I remember like reading through the old Testament and being like, what the heck was that? And I remember thinking like, God, what do you want me to take from that? And sometimes my prayer 10, 15 years ago, and sometimes my prayer literally, you know, today is God, thank you for that. I don't know what you were trying to say, but help me help it to permeate my life. And so, um, in, Uh, We need to actually believe that God's voice can be the strongest and loudest voice in our life. And so you guys, nobody in here, I'm just going to take a guess. I know for me and Tony for sure, nobody in here is hearing more from our Bibles than we are from our friends, our phones, our teachers, our family, whatever it is. We are constantly hearing from so many other people. So if you are not intentionally at least spending some time reading God's word, you are not hearing from God. And that is going to cause you to not know how to navigate your stress and worry. So please, college students, just make an effort to read your Bible and to know God. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're not going to do it every day, but that is the way that you're going to hear from God is by understanding what he has to say to you. It's a living and active book that wants to pierce your heart and mind and teach you the things about God and teach you the things about yourself. And I promise you, It gets easier as you read the Bible. You'll understand more. You're never going to get all of it until we reach heaven. But please make an effort to hear from God by reading your Bible.
0: That's so good. Okay. Step number four, see the purpose in the pain. Okay, I'm gonna read you out some of the most incredible verses in all of Scripture. First Peter 1, 6 through 7 says this: You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. So that the proven character of your faith more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. As Christians, we see suffering different than the world. The world says what doesn't kill, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Okay. But we stick with Kelly Clarkson. Okay. We're like, yes. But also first Peter is, you know, one, but. We believe this, that the suffering in your life is not meant to destroy you, but meant to build you. The stress that we so often feel is because we're like trying to swim in this ocean and we're like, oh my gosh, how can I get past this ocean? It's so big, how can I survive? Will I be okay? The answer is the stress of this life by God will transform you into someone of great character. The crucible character in your life is suffering, it's not easy paths. One of my favorite pastors, he's actually preaching on Sunday morning. His <laughs> name is Mark. You'll love him. <laughs> you he says often that easy paths make sleepy Christians. I have a second line to that that I made up. Hard paths make holy ones, okay? Okay. If you want to become holy and sanctified and look more like Jesus, God will often use the suffering in your life to make you more like him. Here's why that's good news for us. You don't have to be shocked when you suffer. You don't have to be confused by it. You don't even have to be overwhelmed by it. You can say, Jesus, this is a really hard thing. I am incredibly stressed about this thing, and yet I trust that you will make me holy through it. Okay, last one. Live out of your security, not for your security. Genesis 3, think about this. Think about Adam and Eve, man. In the garden, they were J-chilling. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to worry about anything. They weren't worried about what other people thought of them. They weren't worried about what God thought of them. They didn't worry about where their next meal was coming from. That's security, right? Everyone in our culture right now is insecure fighting for that security. All of our performance metrics and culture are all built on this one simple fact that people don't know who they are. So they have to prove to others who they are and prove to themselves who they are. The flex, okay, on how much money you make, the car you drive, the people you date, how hot you are, the social media presence you have, the flex is all coming out of a root of insecurity. But what if by the identity Christ has given you, You didn't have to go earn other people's approval or even earn your own approval, but you would be with Christ, in Christ, given an identity. Here's how that would change basically how you do everything in life. You would care so much less about what other people think about you or what you think about you, and you would revel in what Jesus thinks about you. You would have a peace in your life that surpasses understanding. This is what this looks like as a Christian. Your life might be a dumpster fire, okay? I mean, I don't know. My life is at times, holy cow, Tuesday was a rough day. Anyways, you know, but sometimes you just look around your life and you're like, oh my gosh, I have nothing under control. I am completely a wreck. And yet, the peace that surpasses understanding comes from, and yet I am fully loved, fully known, fully taken care of by Jesus. Your circumstances in life will always be really hard. Like unless you move to the Bahamas and you have a trust fund, okay? But if you don't, which if you do, invite us. But if you don't, if you don't, circumstances in your life will always be incredibly hard. What will not change is the difficulty of the circumstances. What will change is how much you live out of your security or for your security. That is what Jesus can do. Okay, so as we wrap up our time together, We recognize, we just gave you a whole lot of bad news, okay? Wow, the ocean is choppy. Holy cow, your lungs, not as good as you once thought they were. This is a hard thing to hear. The good news we have for you is this, and yet, you do not do it alone. That's the good news of Christianity. You're not swimming alone. Really, Jesus is on a boat, and he's tugging you along. You know, you're like, oh, thank you, thank you. That's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is with you and for you. He has the power to transform you, and he's going to walk with you. As you try to manage your stress and worry in your life, you have been given an identity in Christ. What sanctification looks like is living out of that reality. So follow Jesus. We love you guys. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to go to lunch. So, Father, thank you for this group. We know that uh, stress and worry is not exactly a fun topic or a topic that any of us even want to experience, and yet it's something that all of us experience. It's something that all of us struggle with. It's something that all of us have fears about and anxiety about and stress about and worry about and suffering in. And Father, here's our hope for this breakout, that we would all leave casting our eyes upon you, that we would check our alignment because we don't wanna be living in sin. We wanna be living in your design. We would hear from God. Father, I want to hear your voice as the loudest voice of my life. And I want to live out of my security that I have in you. I don't want to try to approve to other people how impressive I am or how impressive I'm not. I want to have security in you. Father, we believe that it is in you that the deepest peace can come from. So Father, for this room, our prayer is that this would begin a conversation between every single person in this room and you on what it looks like to pursue a life not free from stress and worry but a healthier life as we walk with you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We'll see you guys at lunch.